0: Well, it's an exciting time. Oh, I know we've got a a little spike with the Delta variant, but we've got concerts starting up, shows are happening. Most importantly, after like a two-year delay, I am legally married, but we're having our celebration in October. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Excited about it. We're almost a month out, and I think it's actually going to happen this time. We had to reschedule it twice. As we know, the most important thing about a wedding is the bride and the groom ranking their front from best to worst. Oh, yeah. The wedding party. Every right? wedding. Is that true? <laughs> that's, that's the only reason why I go to weddings? Yeah. Just is, to see what the rankings are. Did I make the are? list and mm-hmm. where? Yeah, right. exactly. So we're going to have a full ranking. We just Cal uh, and I, my wife, decided to do it a little differently. So I was thinking, you know, we'd bring it up on the podcast. Buffalo News is doing a lot of ranking articles now. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think, you know, thrifting things from BuzzFeed or whatever, or other ranking sites. So we can, we can monetize the podcast. We could. One of the things we thought about doing is I can rank Kel's friends, she can rank mine, even though our rankings would be a lower weight, and then they would, and then we would average it out.
1: Right, and then you have the coaches'
0: poll, yes, and the RPI and yes. the AP poll, exactly. And so there's other input, so I can say which one. Oh, of and there could be a I disputed
2: think. number one friend.
0: There could be, right? Yeah. There should yeah. be, honestly, right? Yeah. And, and, s- and they so each there- get belts to wear. <laughs> 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 if there is dispute, then we well, then we've got to find some way to sort it out at the wedding. Um, also, there's no requirement to get a special suit or a tux, a matching suit, but I will have hats with their numbers on it, ranked one through five on each side. And everyone else will have to wear a hat with a zero on it. And they have to work there. If they want a number, they've really got to try hard for it. Right. The, the hats are all adjustable so that, like, as the night goes on, you can just walk up to somebody and make them switch their hats. Exactly. And whoever is nicest to me last gets to be number one. Mm-hmm. Ooh. So that changes. Wow. This is... Are you worried about the unranked ones, like being mad about it? Well, oh, well, no. They got to be nice. They got to try harder. Oh, yeah, they got to work harder. harder to be nice. They want the hat. Mm-hmm. would well, you mention something about a super soaker?
1: Oh, that's so. Instead of having, uh, when you have your your wedding party enter, yeah. and everybody has them do some sort of. Goofy-ass dance now, right? Uh And I would make a big show about it. Yeah. Uh, My idea was have them come in with a super soaker, and each super soaker has one ingredient for a Long Island iced tea, Yeah. and then have everybody sit in the audience with their mouth agape, spray them, (laughs) and if you're lucky, after five groups come in, you've got a Long Island iced tea in your mouth.
0: Well, we're going to have to add that to the ranking system. Yeah. Right? Whoever gets the most Long Island
3: iced tea ingredients. Right, right. right. Whoever's more accurate with their gin. Right, is it gets to go third? Mm-hmm. Is this something your wedding planner is going to like be involved with? Because it sounds like a lot of work. You're looking at the wedding planner. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy. Well, thanks. Uh, you,
0: you all went up in the ranking uh, just for helping. We were nice. Out. Yes, thank we were you. Nice to you. I get to wear a head. Thank you. You're you're easily top ten. <laughs> you might get a zero. Yeah. <laughs> I might get a zero.
2: And welcome back to The Square Podcast, Western New York's number one podcast for wedding planning and and also uh, political junkies, according to Jeff Kelly of Investigative Post. So Thanks, Jeff. if you all tuned in based on Jeff Kelly's recommendation, you little weirdos and freaks who care about political junkie stuff, well, you get to listen about Ryan's podcast. Uh, Weird Long Island iced tea <laughs> and hat-based well, wedding
0: plans. We all know you Buffalonians love the rankings. Right. That's you like true. to see where Buffalo ranks, how, how eat, other cities eat their wings. Mm-hmm. Okay. So. And Long Island iced teas. So I've and seen they, you at the right. bars. That's yes. Right. That's right. Right, That's yeah. right. Right. I was actually at the Pink
1: one time with a friend from college and he was like, do you think they know how to make a Long Island iced tea? And I was like, yes. And they won't.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: They're the meanest bartenders in the world. I love that.
2: Well, we should introduce everybody here. We've got Jim. As always. we got Rye, a.k.a. Snake. Hello. We've got Ree, the legend. And, of course, we have the man, the myth, the Colin Dabkowski. Colin, what's up, brother? Not much. I'm just happy to be here. We're happy to have you. Colin, current high school teacher, and for those in the know, and our beautiful listeners are in the know... Long-time arts and culture editor at the buffalo we say snooze but when colin was there i was wide awake baby i was reading capital N news i was reading the news when colin was there and then he left and it all went to hell so we'll talk about that colin we'll, we'll get into it um
3: i tried to be the caffeine when i was there but yeah.
2: colin the caffeine i was gonna call you colin dab on him dabkowski do your <laughs> students ever say that
3: uh, no, but I do introduce my name that way. I show them somebody doing a dab and then a cow in a field, and <laughs> then, uh, somebody on skis. And my seventh graders made me, uh, a dabbing cow on skis. Wow. I, I like literally drew it. So I have it on my wall and that's how I oh, introduce myself.
2: Ryan, you have to draw a dabbing cow on skis and make that the, the header for this image. Right? In MS paint. I will.
3: Yes.
0: Okay. <laughs> yes. Done. Done.
2: No, we're talking, uh, I don't know all the stuff that we talk about. I like to say, Colin, we get mad at the news it's it's really easy me too if uh, if Colin's students are listening it's it's a tried and true formula you could listen to npr you could listen to like those true crime podcasts you know they do a lot of research they do a lot of background right, yeah. or you could just be like us and be like oh wow <laughs> the news <laughs> is crazy whoa but the news is crazy and whoa so this week <laughs> and whoa this week guys the mayor's race. We we don't stop talking about it because it keeps happening. It's not November yet. It's August. It's hot. It's sweaty. We're sweating our
1: buns off. It's brutal. It's brutal. I, I think uh, Indy Walton's not sweating, Jim. Well, she's sweating a little less this week. I don't know that she's not sweating at all. But she's, I mean, it is still like 90 or 100 degrees with the heat index. That's true. And she was at the Puerto Rican festival outside yesterday. Mm-hmm. So she was probably sweating. It was pretty hot. Right. I mean, she's, she's been active on the campaign trail. You know, she's going door to door. And unlike some other people who go door to door and gain weight, she actually seems to be sweating and actually working her ass off. She does. She works hard. And her hard work has been rewarded because,
2: folks, we have, I, I put it on the board, we have fresh Zellmonts. Okay. Hot, piping, fresh. Jeremy Zellner, JerBear. All right, he, he did the damn thing. We've been yelling at him. We got to give the man credit where it's due because here I was half hung over most of the time saying, Jeremy Zellner, you're dumb and you, you, you ruin elections. And while I still believe that, You know, you did the right thing for once and you came out swinging for India Walton.
1: Yeah. I mean, first, we actually got an endorsement from ECDC for India Walton this week, which is big news in and of itself. But, you know, the real big news this week was that Jeremy Zellner and his Republican counterpart, Ralph Moore, at the Board of Elections, said that the Buffalo Party petitions should have been done in may not in the dog days of summer uh no good i said last week that i thought that they would punt to the state board of elections even though i thought that ralph Moore is generally kind of a rules follower well he was a rules follower this week
2: yeah and i i was expecting you know some measure of incompetence or just cravenness from jeremy zellner but you know what he listened to me and and jerry you know if you want to If your whole M.O. is to just prove me wrong and you want to if if I am your sworn enemy now and I will take that mantle gladly with honor. If you just want to prove me wrong, by God, do it. Keep keep prove me wrong, Jeremy. Stick it right in my stupid face. Say, you know what, Ree, I listen to your stupid podcast where you roast me all the time and you call me stale zelnuts and I want to be fresh zelnuts. (laughs) Okay, Fine. But he still wants to be sell nuts. He still <laughs> right, wants to right. be sell nuts. No great branding for him. Yeah. Great, mm-hmm. great branding for him. So he wants to stick it in our stupid faces. And probably a condition I joked to the guys in the group chat. I was like, India Walton will never be on this podcast again. <laughs> That's the condition yeah, for the that photo the yeah. that she took with Jeremy Zellner. Mm-hmm. He he took her aside. Again, this is my headcanon, but you know it's true. He took her aside and said, look, I, I will endorse you. You know, ECDC will back you. We're going to win this election in November. But you can never be on that podcast with those guys again.
3: Do you think she mulled it over? It was like an instant
2: answer.
0: I'm, uh, going, I'm going with instant. Yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> no, I think she really thought about it. I think she had, you know, like a dark night of the soul and really had to think about it. It's I, like, I think mm-hmm. she did
1: this. <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can't see it because this is an audio only thing but i'm rubbing my fingers together like show me the money
0: well india walton if you're listening and if you're ever on again there's a free shirt in it for you right we at can at least yeah jeremy zellner can give you the support of the democratic party
2: Ugh, snooze but we can give you a shirt yes and where mm-hmm. else can you get a cool shirt nowhere Mm-mm. that's it and that's it just us <laughs> so India has got all the big guns behind her, and, and thank God, good for her, really. She she worked her ass off. She won the primary. She's done everything that she has been asked to do and more. And finally, deservedly so, the Democratic Party apparatus is, is moving the machinations behind her. We also have Hogan Willig, uh, a large law firm in the area, who has also come out swinging for her?
1: Yeah, they had a fundraiser for her at their headquarters uh, in Allentown this past week. Um, what was interesting was that they were they came under a lot of fire from others in the business community for having this fundraiser for her because you know she's a democratic socialist and she's going to ruin all business and send us back to the Stalin age or whatever. Bunch of harrumphing, right? And Corey Hogan, who's a partner there, founding partner of Hogan Willig, said, no, I think people need to meet her. I think people need to talk to her and see what she's saying and that her ideas have legitimacy. They have value, especially in a city like Buffalo. And they even went so far as to say that if you wanted to come to their fundraiser, which was $100 a head and meet India Walton and you couldn't afford it, they would pay your way. So, I mean, they went out of their way to make a decent investment. That's not nothing. That, that is a pretty sizable investment because, you know, as I mentioned before we started talking, is that if you're an LLP or an LLC or a corporation, you're limited the amount of money that you can give, and it's a much stricter limit statewide in, and citywide races than individual, which means that Corey Hogan or our boy – Attorney at Hogan Willig, Nate McMurray, or whoever's there, has to be writing personal checks for a hundred dollars to cover people who are showing up and saying that they can't afford it. Well
2: Nate Nate has come out very much in favor of India. You know, he's he's been a big fan to his credit, of course. And also too, Hogan Willig has been they've been on the forefront of like the marijuana legalization efforts here in New York. So You know, uh, you would think that India Walton and her canvassy is simpatico with with their beliefs, but it is still rare to see, you know, a group in like the business community to be so fervent in that direction. You could be cynical and say, hey, they see which way the the tides are going, the winds are blowing and they want to jump on early because
1: what do you say, Jim? Uh, Uh, Early money is access money, late money is for good government.
3: Oh, that's very interesting. I mean, far be it for me to distrust lawyers. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> not that I distrust them, but uh, I mean, I view everything skeptically, let's say, not cynically necessarily. And I do wonder, you know, what the true motivation is there.
2: Yeah, no, there's a lot of people who seem to be reading the writing on the wall, I would say. I think Jeremy's Elner, to be honest with you, is one of them. I know it's going to be a close race in November regardless, but I think that He ultimately made the executive call like, okay, if India Walton is going to be the mayor of Buffalo, I need to have my foot in the door. I can't I can't have another mayor in Buffalo where I let them just go completely astray and and do their own thing. Um, So he certainly wants to make sure that he has a measure of control and influence in the Walton administration,
1: hopefully, Uh, at least at least an ear. Yeah. I mean, he doesn't have that realistically with Byron Brown. He has no influence. He has no control over Byron. So what does he have to lose? Right. I mean, that's kind of my point has been for a while is as soon as she won the Democratic primary, what do you have to lose? Byron has abandoned you 12 years ago. What are you going to get out of him now? If he wins this write-in campaign, he's going to be only more emboldened that he doesn't need you.
3: Right. So it's kind of like the death of your organization anyway.
2: Kind of. Speaking of Byron, the embattled, hopefully soon to be former mayor, the battles just keep stacking up. I forgot to put this on our little whiteboard before it's, we started. It's, uh, it's, it's maybe my favorite yeah. story of the week. It's, yes. But it is is—it is certainly a gem. We cannot skip over this. Look, Byron Brown has been trying to take the lane of pseudo-Republican, combating, creeping socialism candidate here in this mayor's race, and to that effect, he sided basically in the tank
1: with the Republican Party, with the Conservative Party, to the extent where he had over a third of his petitions for the Buffalo Party done by Republican and Conservative operatives. Yes, so he was hoping, uh, and
2: justifiably so, that you know that would be the energy that carried him in November to to win his writing campaign. However, one of his largest backers has
1: since said. If Byron's going to win in November, he needs to get every Republican and conservative vote in in the city of Buffalo. Because, you know, we talked about this with Rusty two weeks ago. Rusty has this as a coin flip with India winning 60% of the Democrats, Byron winning 40%, but Byron winning literally 99.9% of the Republicans and conservatives in the city of Buffalo that show up to vote. So he needs unified support. What he doesn't need is your boy and mine, Carl Paladino, calling him a mope, saying that he will take his chances with the dot, dot, dot broad. What's a mope? What's, it's an amazing insult.
2: Yeah. It, what was that thing that LeBron James called Donald Trump? He called him a bum. a bum. Right. Remember when? Yeah. LeBron James yeah. called Donald Trump a bum. Mope is a better insult than bum. <laughs> much better. It's in the same no. lane, but it's oh, like, it's elevated. Right. Yeah.
0: So I guess so. Mope. Jeff Kelly reported on this, right? Yeah. And 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 he says this this is the the mope was the one insult that he he was able to write.
1: Right. And right. Right. Put out well, there. Well, like yeah. I said, that's what I just said. Uh, there was so much that Jeff was unable to write, including when. What Carl had to say about India. <laughs> when Carl said, I'll take the dot, dot, dot broad. <laughs> oh.
0: <laughs> and, and, and you know. Whoops,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean. Never have
3: three that's dots. That's the one I was oh, looking four. for. Yeah, uh, interest for me.
1: I will say that, you know what this smacks of to me? That we are seeing the nascent, the beginning, the start of a Carl Paladino write-in campaign oh, right wow. now. Oh, oh you gotta believe it. You gotta will it into being. He, he is mad as hell. He's not Don't, gonna so take man, it anymore. He's, he's so is, he is not gonna take it Do you anymore. You think he'll
3: bring the baseball bat back? <laughs> I,
1: <laughs> I, I hope he brings back everything.
3: Yeah, the whole the whole campaign was amazing to watch. Yeah, uh, it's you know
0: I mean it's you know it's been eleven years since he ran for governor. Crazy. He went with the Halloween color scheme for like <laughs> his bumper stickers. <laughs> let me let me ask you this: more or less controversial, his governorship had not happened than Andrew Cuomo's. 100% Carls. Carls. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Carls. Come on, man. Yeah. Carl, yeah. yeah.
3: He'll just read a sheet of paper that anyone hands him yeah. with anything <laughs> <Yeah>. on it. <laughs> like, it would have been a complete disaster. Yeah. All right.
2: It's like a purred happily. Like, he mm-hmm. would just say anything.
3: Right. And, and if you yeah. think that, like,
1: what Andrew Cuomo did to women was reason enough to remove him from office. And I do. I cannot imagine what Carl Paladino would have done to women. Allegedly. Yeah.
0: Yeah, allegedly.
1: Like no, it, theoretically. Theoretically, right. This not, is not actionable. Right. Non actionable. Theoretically, parody. What, no, not parody. <laughs> then this is theoretically what he would do to women is just. Uh, this is the same guy. I've t- I've said this on the podcast. Oh, that's right. Yes. He, he that he used to talk and say stuff to my friend who worked at the Washington Square restaurant. Mm-hmm. She was a tall brunette, and he would make comments about her legs and other physical features all the time to her.
3: Yeah, allegedly.
1: You know, no, not not allegedly. Like he he definitely did this. We can we can have her on.
3: I, I just, well, he also yeah. I mean, he allegedly went to Roxy's, which was a lesbian bar at the time. Um, strange venue to be practicing that kind of behavior. But there are many reports of Carl's misbehavior there. Yeah, as well. So, no, that wouldn't have worked out too well, I don't think. <laughs> no. no, no. We, we've settled it. We, <laughs> we've, we've settled it. It, it yeah. would have been pretty yeah. bad. Okay.
2: But but I will say this. Like, yes, we're a lot of people who are pretty conservative leaning in South Buffalo going to vote for Byron Brown. Yeah, most likely. But having Carl Palladino basically just say, stay home. Like, he basically, just, what this is, is his coming out, him coming out and saying, stand down. We're not. We're not going to you know, go
1: to the mat for Byron Brown in this election. Which I I, I legitimately think is a precursor to him saying he's going to say stay home now and in two weeks say, you know what, write me in. It's entirely possible. I mean,
2: I, I also think, I, I've said on this podcast before, this has been long my theory, that I think they tacitly have to support Byron Brown just as, you know, opposition to India Walton and the Democratic Party. But I think they're setting up the battle of crime in the city and we're going to fight
0: socialism. Like, Well, Car- Carl said in this interview that, oh, oh, us developers and business people will be fine. And you know what? They will be.
2: Well, also he said, and he said in the interview, like what really can the mayor do? Yeah. Trying to neuter the right. office of mayor and, and any impact that India Walton can have.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I, I do think that it's going to be the backbone for a lot of fundraising for the republican party i think it's they're setting up their attacks they're lining it up byron brown was a useful idiot for you know however however long and now he couldn't do the one thing that he needed to do which was win his primary and so
1: now it's okay we got to keep it moving
3: to the next I, thing. I,
1: I cannot wait for two years from now when it's byron brown republican nominee for county executive
3: maybe yeah but one thing I'll say about India Walton is that like she made very clear in her campaign speech that this was the beginning and said it with such certitude, you know, that you better watch out, you know, anybody on a council, anybody in any elected position. And so if you believe in the strength of her movement, which I think you have to believe in oh, yeah. at, at this point because of what great odds she she succeeded against, it may be the beginning. And so they should be worried, the developers.
1: Yeah, that's why I I don't buy everything that carl said in his interview with jeff at face value because he has to know that okay let's say india wins and the developers in this town in the city are able to come up with some sort of alliance in the common council to oppose her and basically stop her from getting anything done they only need five and they can they have a useful idiot in chris scanlan to be the leader of this group Right, But what happens if India follows through on her threat and starts primarying these people and taking them out? She's got a movement. There are some members, I don't know if they're scared, but I know that looking at the results, pouring over some of the numbers with Rusty and doing it myself, if I were them, I'd be terrified.
3: Yeah. When she won, I mean, I will admit that I was really skeptical that she would make even a dent. and I had fallen victim to the thing that Buffalonians fall victim to, which is not enough people care about the city. They don't care enough to really make a change. And I had, I think at a certain point, just accepted that, which was my fault. Like, mm-hmm. I shouldn't have that. Nobody should ever get to that point. But, you know, so when she won, I was like... Thank God I'm wrong. You know, thank God. Like there are people who care enough, and mind you, there was low turnout. It was, you know, there are all kinds of factors that went into it, but there were enough people that that it really happened. And I think it is a movement that can build and grow and is growing. So it's but exciting.
1: It, not as the the mayor likes to say that it was historically low turnout, which no. is not true.
3: Yeah, Jeff Kelly corrected that.
1: Yeah, it it was it was lower turnout than in a couple of the mayor's prior elections, but not all of them. And so we have to know that there is a certain amount of this is actual will of the people.
3: Yeah. But there's an equally equal and opposite, if not greater force in the city that's trying to paint her as something that is problematic. And it comes from people who are, Mm -hmm. you know, critical of her so-called socialist platform. And it comes from power brokers in the city who are just desperate to hold on to what the, the subsidy flows that they have.
1: Right.
2: Well, and we we also can't discount the malaise of Byron Brown, like not for nothing. Byron Brown has just had a tenure as mayor, just completely marked by scandal, as we talked about last week, you know, FBI raids, um, members of his administration currently being brought up on charges, any sort of renaissance that tries to get prescribed to Byron Brown is completely divorced from any of his direct actions and, and mostly in spite of him, to be honest. So it's, it's just fascinating to me to see how he tried to use that as a selling point and then the voters of Buffalo were like, no. So I do wonder, like, yes, I think there is a movement. Clearly there's a movement here in the city of Buffalo and in the country and beyond. There is whatever progressive, socialist, whatever kind of spirit or whatever kind of name you want to put to it. But I think equal to that there is a just complete like disregard like people are sick of Byron Brown <laughs> they're they're just they don't want to do di- like they didn't turn out to vote in this election maybe uh, cynically you could say apathy
1: played into it too oh i i think absolutely i mean every politician every elected official has a shelf life byron is going for his fifth term when fdr won his fourth term we passed a constitutional amendment to say that you couldn't have more than two Five terms is an insanely amount, long amount of time to hold one office, but especially an executive office. It's not so long if you're Strom Thurmond to be a senator for the like, last eight hundred
0: fifty years. No, it was too long for him.
1: <laughs> Strom Thurmond, yeah. who died in what two thousand or he's something, still, like he still that. holds
0: his seat. Yeah, he still, yeah. Yeah. As far as I know, <laughs> still holds a it seat.
1: permanent for <laughs> right, right. Yeah, yeah. It's, it, they just they, like. Major magic they just have an animatronic
0: skeleton well, I just his consciousness I just, he always was yeah his co- I, th- I thought his consciousness just went into another host body <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. yeah the giant floating head from the West Turk commercial
0: that's, right. <laughs> that's right that's right yeah in the astral plane <laughs>
3: yeah. in the it's astral Ted plane. Cruz actually yes oh, nice yeah. okay. right.
2: so while we have it here Colin, you know somebody who was part of the Buffalo News for what, at least over a decade was yeah, it twelve years 12 years almost thirteen. God Wow. As somebody who is involved in the news, uh, you can, I think, give us an interesting perspective on something that we comment on regularly, which is the absolutely appalling coverage of this mayor's race by the
3: Buffalo News. I don't know.
2: I don't want to be like the, you know, they ask like athletes, like your thoughts, but I'm about to literally (laughs) ask you
3: your thoughts. Yeah, I have have a lot of thoughts and they do hit close to home. I have a lot of friends at the news and some of whom I'm sure are frustrated at my own uh, critiques that I put out of the news's coverage of this race and many other things on Twitter and in other places, but I believe that the paper is like an essential Buffalo institution, and of course I'm going to critique it because I think it's so important to the way our democracy functions or doesn't function in the current example. Um, so the way they've covered this race. I mean, it doesn't start with this race. It goes back many, many years. It has to do with the power structure that kept Byron Brown in place. It's the same power structure that has existed and been reinforced by the people who run the news. It's uh, developer-centric. It's um, the news itself, as Rob Galbraith has reported, is a member of the Buffalo-Niagara partnership. They have a clear, top-down, pro-developer, conservative agenda. And that has been the case since at least the seventies, right? So this is this is nothing new. Um, what's new now, I think, are the way that that sort of slant has become impossible to ignore. I mean, it it, it probably st- the moment that it started for me was with the news's endorsement of Carl Paladino for school board. Um, I forget what year that was. Um, Twenty
2: thirteen was it?
3: Yeah, it was something just, like that unforgivable inveterate racist carl paladino and the main issue at least from the people i know at the news is that they were brought up in journalism schools who taught that you have to show both sides of the story and there is a commitment to that a slavish commitment to that um, ideal that is incredibly toxic to the public debate in buffalo um you know the latest example was um, lou michelle's second story on India Walton's, you know, um, supposed transgressions in which he sort, he cited an anonymous source with uncorroborated claims about her behavior and her, you know, supposed actions that made her look really bad. And in, in no journalism school, journalism class that, that I've been in, um, I graduated from journalism school. I've studied the profession. I was in it for 13 years. Would that pass muster? having an anonymous source number one, except for, you know, in situations of national security is what we were told in school. Or, you know, there are exceptions to make when you really can't get any anybody on the record and people's jobs are online, et cetera. That's the first red flag. The second red flag is that this this person who was making these claims about Walton, um, there was no way for the news to corroborate them. And they, yet they went ahead and published them anyway. And I'm sure that if anybody answered my Facebook messages and things that I I sent to them pleading like, why'd you do this? They're not answering me for good reason because they don't want to be on the record saying X, Y, Z. It it confuses the hell out of me because it it makes me sad that they would um, print a story like that. People I know that aren't marching along with the agenda, people in the newsroom, lower level people who let that get out there. Um, it's a sad moment for the news right now that they would put something like that out there. And I've long advocated that we need new leadership at the news. And, but that's kind of a symptom of the bigger problem, which is we need, we need to have nonprofit news. You know, when you have a a for-profit news organization, like the news, they operate on this philosophy, which was great made them a million dollars a week in the eighties and nineties, which was let's cater to our advertisers. Pretty much. Um, the money came in. That worked great. Then the internet came along and destroyed the business. They're in a place now where the, the editor who's been there for 2013 is locked in 1975 thinking. He's still trying to satisfy the advertisers, the developers, those BN partnership power structures, but he's not getting any financial payback for it. In fact, his paper is suffering. So there's been a, no transition to a new model where we need to serve the broad readership we're still trying to serve this niche which is how you get coverage like this india walton coverage and editorials that the paper puts out which are completely indefensible about a range of things so it's just a sad moment and for me to look back on it you know i was able to escape it because i was a culture person and i didn't really have to worry about it that much it kind of let me do what i wanted to do until i became a little too outspoken and then got punished for that which is par for the course. That's what happens in conservative organizations like that. But we need we need a new model, and I'm just really grateful that investigative Post is out there doing right. the work they're doing. Sure. That Rob uh, Galbraith and and Little Sis and those guys are out there doing really important work. But it's heartbreaking to see what the news is doing right now.
2: And and well said on on all fronts. And thank you for sharing that, Colin. And it's one of those things too where like not only is it a failure as a public service you know the the news is something that is there for the public um i, I didn't go to journalism school but i you don't know i live in the public <laughs> like I'm a, I'm a human being you kind of know what's up i, I kind of know what's up and look shout out to the buffalo news I, I often cite during margaret sullivan's tenure the the series that they did on on poverty you know, that was something that, yeah. that I learned in college that was taught
3: to me and, and taught in schools all over the country because it was so groundbreaking. It was the high cost of being poor. Yes. Amazing. I have like a, a short story. Like he, she came in, you know, I was there. She hired me and there there was news that came out when Buffalo became the second poorest city and mid-sized city in the country. And it was red alert in the newsroom. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like Margaret Sullivan read this. Basically said, this is an emergency. Stop what you're doing in the middle of the day. We all crowded into her conference room next to her office. And she was like, what are you going to do about it? And everybody came up with ideas and everybody pitched something. And we wrote story after story about how did we let it get this bad? That was amazing. And that made me proud to be at the at mm-hmm. the news. Um, this leadership would would never do that. In fact, they're working to do the exact opposite. And that's everybody in Buffalo should be upset about that.
2: Y- yeah. Like they're in, in trying to cater to the, the rapidly winnowing financial in, uh, interests. you know, like the, it, it gets smaller and smaller who you're trying to cater to. And as such, like you lose a, a, a sense of, of nimbleness or you lose, like you lose the big picture. So I think that ultimately they are no longer to give you, um, an example like a lot of people whether you're conservative or whether you're you know whatever wherever you fall on the political spectrum you will still read the wall street journal because you know that they can give you a clear picture or you will read like oh, the I financial with that well but my point is it'll give you or like the financial times you don't read the editorials of the washington uh you know wsj <laughs> but if you read the actual news it it's still like look we're catering the financial interest. The people who are involved in the financial interest need to know these things. So we will report them straight. So you will get a clear picture of whether or not you agree with this organization's politics. The Buffalo News, in being so rapidly closing its own window of possibility and, and seeing what's going on, I, I guess they're compromising themselves as a news organization is what it feels like. Because I read the Buffalo News and I'm like, this doesn't really reflect what I view is going on in the city of Buffalo.
3: No, I mean, the, not, not many stories, but the people who work there are brilliant reporters and writers and editors and they're not being served well by, by the leadership, unfortunately. But I do want to say like, I really think that the work of the news is incredibly important. They still, it's miraculous that they put out a paper every day in the city of Buffalo and so many other cities have cut what they do. So there's still just so much great things that come out of that organization, against all odds but imagine what they could do if they didn't have to fight that internal antiquated power structure and they could produce things that really helped us know more about our city except doing that in piecemeal ways when they they get a story like that through that the feeling there is like you get that story you slip it in when it should be the main story Mm -hmm. if that makes sense
2: Although shout out to the failing Buffalo News because you know <laughs> without without them like going to shit like Jeff Kelly really wouldn't have like the lane that he has and, sure. and yeah. Yuts is like
3: us couldn't be like we're mad at the news. Well, so. it's always been that way. That's what our voice was. You know, that's what an alt press always does is critique the corporate daily. So it's not that different than it's ever been. But it just it feels worse to me now, <laughs> having been an alt weekly person and a daily news person. It's in it's in a rough. State right now,
2: for sure, for sure. Well, to pivot uh, to the
1: other side of your world, Colin. So we got it. We got a teacher thing, Jim. Yeah, we do. We <laughs> have. Boy, do we have a teacher thing? Buffalo school board member Larry Scott tweeted out something about uh, an organization called West New York Students First, or WNY Students First. I guess it's not spelled out, so I don't know. You know what they are on their DBA could stand for anything. Yeah, could yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, why nougats, yo? <laughs> uh, I prefer that. <laughs> uh, but the WNY Students First, he tar- He tweeted out about how they're like an astral turf organization and they're changing their name to WNY Students Alliance and they're anti-mask and they're just causing problems. And yet, to back up his claims, they did tout how they were having speeches by none other than Stefan Mahailu. So noted anti-masker and piece of garbage. <laughs> <laughs> I think that we can just admit that,
0: right? <laughs> right. No debate. Yeah. Just absolute <laughs> garbage monster. Stephan Mahailu. Yeah. Replace him in a, with a trash bag, full trash bag. You don't, you wouldn't know. The difference. Right. I think it might be better. Yeah, it might be think, right. Yeah. 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 Not to be mistaken with a garbage plate. He's no. a garbage monster. Right.
1: Oh no, right. don't degrade the garbage. plate. Right. Yeah. No. 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 Um, So and so then WNY students first retweeted or uh, quote tweeted like Larry Scott saying that he doesn't listen to his constituents and he's he's not paying attention to the school board board of ethics and he is being disingenuous to which he replied you guys literally photoshopped my my tweet. And, and we're only covering this because Aaron Lohinger wants us to, so I hope Aaron appreciates it. <laughs> shout out to
3: Aaron, yeah. yeah we got a couple of shout outs, yeah. Basically, when Aaron tells you to do anything, you have to. Yeah. It's just how it goes. I, ne- I never met Aaron. Maybe we can have him
2: on the show
1: sometime.
3: Oh, you should. He's okay. great. Is he? Okay.
1: Right. So, <laughs> so and, and realistically, nobody looks above board here. Larry Scott looks kind of trashy for the way he handled things. Yeah. The WNY, the Y nougat yo students first. <laughs> uh, uh, uh-huh. Just because, okay? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they look real shady, as Racha Cha pointed out, because you know, like you don't normally. If you're going to like say this person, you know, is doing something bad, you don't edit and Photoshop what you say that they said. No. I mean that's that's pretty terrible. That's that's not the best. Yeah. <laughs> I mean. I don't think that Wynugat Yo went to J-school, so they don't necessarily know <laughs> yeah, the, yeah. the whole code of ethics.
0: Yeah, they can plead ignorance on this
1: one. Um, So, uh, anyways, so we have Larry Scott, who's got his own problems, arguing with anti masters. Who really
3: wh- like to argue. Who part. really yeah. like to argue. And, yeah, look... I don't think they do. I think they just like to yell.
0: (laughs) Yeah. That's true. Yes. Yes. Yeah. It'd be great if they like to argue. Right.
1: They no, they just like uh, contradiction. Like like that old Monty Python sketch. No, this isn't an argument. Yes, it is. No, it isn't, it's just contradiction. No it isn't. Yes it is. It is not. It is (laughs) You just contradicted me. No I didn't. Oh you did. No 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 no. You did just then No no nonsense. Oh look, this is futile. No it isn't. I came here for a good argument. No, you didn't, you (laughs) came here for an argument. Well an argument's not the same as contradiction. Can be. No, it can't. (laughs) An (laughs) argument (laughs) is a connected series of statements to establish a definite proposition.
3: No, it isn't.
1: They, (laughs) But anyways, what we've got here is a school board member getting into a Twitter fight with some nebulous organization that may or may not be changing their names, may or may not be an AstroTurf organization. And everybody looks bad nobody looks good and you're going to have to wear masks in schools Is the end of the day like it doesn't yeah. matter what larry scott says he's not up it's not up to him it's up
3: to governor Kathy. it's i think it just speaks to the idea of like how not to solve this problem and i yeah. think twitter is not going to be involved at, in any way <laughs> I, I, I in was just solving say, this problem
2: they, they took something like involving twitter and made it somehow stupider they like they they like photoshopping oh, yeah. a tweet is just like next level to me
3: like you have to i mean in all seriousness, it, to solve an issue like this, you have to be in the same room as the person you disagree with. You have to agree not to yell at each other, and then like you have to have a conversation. So unless the anti-maskers can get themselves to that point, right? There then has to we, be. There is no conversation to have.
1: There has to be an agreement that each side would be willing to listen, right, and process the information that's being given to them, and you know potentially maybe not both sides have to move. But there has to be some movement. and if one side says, yes, but the movement has to come from you, well, then you're not arguing in good faith. You're not conversing in good faith.
3: Yeah, I honestly think that just people just being in the room together, whether they make any movement or not, is helpful mm-hmm. because then they see each other as human beings, not as like just like screenshots or Twitter um, dispatches. And like it's amazing, even with some people how humanity takes over when you're in the same room as somebody. And you're just like, oh, I forgot you're a human being. Right. right. We should probably like try to talk like human beings. I mean, I think it's way funnier when they like fake screenshot their
2: tweets. <laughs> your, your thing is cool too, Colin. <laughs> uh, I take it back. You're, 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 <laughs> this is way funnier. It's way,
1: way better for the culture. So anyways, check on our Instagram feed next week where we <laughs> f- Photoshop all of Aaron Lohinger's tweets to say how great we are. <laughs>
3: Why stop there?
0: Like yeah, Byron
3: Brown too. Oh yeah, yeah oh yeah. We should Photoshop some of Byron Brown's tweets. You wouldn't get in trouble for that. I no, feel like no, that'd no. be on the, yeah. that'd be fine. He's but, cool with it. That's you know. He could
1: complain, but unfortunately, the deadline to petition to complain about it was three months ago.
3: Oh, he messed oh, up. No. He oh, messed I up. Just it was, Yeah, it was actually yesterday. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
2: Yeah. And Jeremy Zellner will back us up. We have a tweet about it. We we'll will post so a tweet that says, <laughs> at Jeremy Zellner, support the Square Podcast. I really right.
1: like this plan. It sounds solid to me. I think so. Oh, we'll, we'll check with our attorney. We'll <laughs> check with our... Yeah, that's dear, Ernest. Dear Adam Bojack.
2: Oh, okay. I was going to say Ernest the dog, but <laughs> I, I guess I guess uh, we he can charge too much for his retainer. So right, yeah. I guess it Ern- would be Adam. Ernest went to LSE, so... Oh, right, right, right well on to the uh the wide world of sports guys we are not the sports podcast i'm out we we well no colin this (laughs) is kidding (laughs) uh, we we like to we like to joke here that we are not the sports podcast because there are other podcasts that do it better and frankly that's pretty much all you get out of a lot of like the the regular media like you turn on the actual news on tv and it's just like and here's what the bills did today and that's cool but also i don't want to watch that like i don't know I, i could get Sports coverage anywhere, literally anywhere. All the local stuff sucks.
3: I went on Tim Graham's podcast once uh, for a segment that was not about sports necessarily, but I had to like do the first 15 minutes of sports talk, and it was like terrifying to me because I was like, <laughs> I don't know what a football is. Like, I played Ultimate Frisbee once in eighth grade. That's my most familiarity with it. It was terrifying. Oh,
2: is this a sports ball discussion? Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, the people,
1: they talk about the sports around here. Or well, told. The, the other thing is, when we talk about sports, we don't actually talk about, like, the actual sports. Yeah, fuck <laughs> but we're going to talk about, like, we're going to talk about right now, Jack Eichel... Wants to not be in Buffalo anymore. Like so many like 11th graders. He doesn't want to live in Buffalo anymore. Mm-hmm.
3: Okay. I can identify with that. And,
1: and, and his, his person who was supposed to get him out of Buffalo failed. So he fired him and he got a new person. Wow. Okay. I mean, no, that's interesting. Why does he want to leave so bad? Uh, well, cause he got injured. He's got a neck injury. Oh, and they're arguing over how it should be taken care of. Plus the Sabres suck.
2: Allegedly, oh, yeah. he
0: has a neck injury. He might be just be saying that to get out of it.
1: Right. Place. Plus,
2: PSE, Pagula P- Sports and Entertainment, is like a poverty organization. And they have no fucking idea how to run pretty much anything, let alone their, their sports franchises. Really. And
3: apparently, they're poor, right? Because we have to pay uh-huh, $1.4 billion for their stadium. Oh,
2: we will talk right. about the stadium that's in that's just right. a second here, Colin. Oh, I mean, I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, me. no. Yeah. no. The, you, you raised a great point. But we'll, we'll stay on Jack Eichel just for a second. They're also recently guys. Did you see the billboard? That was downtown. Uh, some some yuts from uh, like uh, a New York Rangers yeah. super fan group or podcast. I don't mm. know. Whatever. They purchased a billboard downtown. So, Colin, you might be unaware of this, but Jack Eichel being a hot commodity, uh, a lot of people want him to be traded to their teams. And the New York Rangers was one, uh, one team that was a possible suitor for Jack Eichel. And so they tried to start like a grassroots movement to have him traded here so much so that a fan uh, or some group or whatever purchased a billboard downtown that was like what was it? It
1: was, it was like, like it was like set jack free. It was whatever what, dumb shit they, like that. Yeah, if they wanted it to what work fuck is wrong with you if people? they wanted it to work, they should have posted it in Florida where the pagulas live, not in Buffalo where they never show up. What is wrong with you people? It's,
2: come on, man. Like you think a multi-million dollar organization is going to be like, Oh, I saw that
3: billboard downtown. <laughs> right. Well, right. It's on the fence, but you know, maybe we should do right. something. But, uh, you <laughs> so know, it's you, just like re-signing Obama's letter. Yeah. Oh, right.
1: birthday. you say that about multi-million dollar organizations, but how many billboards has Carl paid for? Oh, it's
3: true so many and they were so entertaining over the years. <laughs> I remember he used to have one of Stan Lipsey right by the news too. He bought oh. it to make sure it was there. I forget what it said, but it was hella insulting and it was just and it had no effect on Stan Lipsey at all. <laughs> it was just hilarious. Oh man. You know, now with Carl like no longer
2: really buying the billboards on on the 190, it's amazing. Have you guys seen some of the billboards lately on the 190? Have you seen the um Oh god, the 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 stop mutilating men one, which is like the anti-circumcision yes. oh, one. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. Or what's what's the other one about like um about women pastors in the Catholic Church? That's right. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you seen this one, Colin? No. Oh, you're going south on the 190 and it's like Bring women pastors to the Catholic Church. I, I don't disagree with it. I just think that we we get an amazing variety of billboards now that like Carl's not gobbling them all up with
3: his yeah his insane takes on Nancy, <laughs> Pelosi. Nancy Pelosi. I kind of miss them, but I don't. I also don't miss them. I don't know. It's complicated. We have like this Pawnee ass city. Like we're are <laughs> just like so Parks and Rec. It's sickening.
1: But but yeah. So we're we're talking about sports. We should we should talk about the other team in town. There's Although the Well buffalo blizzard is that right soccer team from
2: the 1990s randy and rudy that's my joke i always i always (laughs) say the
1: buffalo blizzard is the other team in town that we gotta uh no we're gonna talk about the bills because one of their never vaxxers changed to maybe a vaxxer yeah and all it took was fourteen thousand six hundred fifty dollars to change his mind on a
3: free vaccine
0: that'd that'd get me to get a vaccine
3: (laughs) i should have held out longer (laughs) not in the nfl i don't think it would work out (laughs) Isaiah
2: McKenzie, uh, the Bills' gadget wide receiver, I'd say. Yeah. You know, like kind of spark plug comes out of the backfield. That's the sports part. Uh, <laughs> o- also Colin's eyes are just like rolling in the back of his head. <laughs> <What? but. laughs> o- also, potential cut. Potential cut. Yeah. Yes. Well, so definite cut if he didn't get that vaccine. I would right. say. But yes, Isaiah McKenzie, this whole drama started when he came out, refused to be vaccinated. I think he refused to wear a mask and he got fined for it.
1: Yeah, he he was supposed to wear a mask and twice he got caught not wearing a mask. So the first time was a finger wag. The second time they said, you owe us $14,650 for not wearing a mask.
3: And he's like, okay, I guess.
1: (laughs) Well, what's funny is that so he was like, all right, I guess I'll get vaccinated. Cole Beasley was like, why? And had to pay the fine and still hasn't gotten vaccinated. Cole Beasley, as we've talked about on this podcast, just
0: tough not to crack.
1: Idiot. Just (laughs) meathead. He's a meathead. Right. He is. He is a meathead.
2: But yes, Isaiah McKenzie, to his credit, even after being dumb, still did the right thing in the end. And, you know, that's life. Sometimes you're stupid. You get called out and then you do the right thing. And to me all the time. Mm hmm. Yeah, we're stupid. We're stupid as hell around here. We make right. mistakes all the time.
3: Like yeah. so many people are watching these guys too, and it's like kids in my classes like are watching Cole Beasley and and everybody else and taking after them. Yeah, because they take their cues from them more than they do from me or sure. anybody else in school. So it's uh, people think like, what's the big deal? It's just a it's just a football player. But like they influence so many, especially young people. Right. That it's like it is unforgivable to have an anti-science stance like that. Um, or even
0: Josh Allen, who's, who's like a no-stance person.
3: Yeah, right? like That's he probably got vaccinated, right?
1: Right, yeah, because you can tell who got vaccinated because if you haven't been vaccinated, you're required to wear a mask whenever you're not actually oh, wearing yeah. a helmet. Right. And so Josh Allen doesn't wear a mask. So you know, like therefore, he's been vaccinated. Yeah, but he won't say anything about it. But he won't say anything about it as though, like, he's hiding it, like I Whatever. He's a Russia Republican. Uh, we're,
2: we're with it. <laughs> well, my my thing is like, all right, Goldman Sachs just recently came out and said, Look, if you're gonna do business in our bank, you gotta be vaccinated. Like there's no there's no if, ands, or buts about it. You wanna do work in our organization, you gotta you gotta have the vax. And it's like all right, I'm not saying Goldman Sachs is good. It's just this clearly terrible group of people that ha- controls all the power and capital throughout this country for the most part. And they're saying, Oh no, you got to be vaccinated. And it's just like the money has spoken about this. Like capital has spoken and has said, you need to be vaccinated in order for business to happen. And, That's what the NFL is coming down and saying now. Like, okay, we did this thing for a year where we didn't have vaccines. We were in this weird limbo. We had COVID protocols. And now, like, capital's coming down and saying, no, we are not doing this. You
1: have to be vaccinated. Right. Well, the NFL is also capital. No, that's what I mean. Right. right? Because the NFL. The whole system is. Yeah, the whole system is. And the, the NFL, they are really saying, look, we pretended to care about your individual feelings and your rights or as you think that they are. But if we actually cared about you as an individual, we wouldn't have you play this horrific sport where you're all going to end up with brain damage. (laughs) But instead we make billions of dollars off of the fact that you're in your twenties or maybe early thirties and you're not going to make it to 50. But as we alluded to a little bit earlier, you know, sometimes capital,
2: they need a little bit of help. Mm. It's not it's not easy. Poor, poor capital. It's, can you can you help a for it? can
1: you help a fellow American who's done on his luck? Can you can you help? Can, <laughs> do you got some spare
2: uh, change?
0: Much like the Bigula's, Larry Quinn's coming out with his pockets turned
3: inside out.
0: Right. He's mm-hmm. saying help him out, man. Yeah. Give him just give him, give him a little of help. Yeah, he's
3: poor guys. I see him on the street shaking a can, you know, every so while. He <laughs> lives in my neighborhood, you oh, know, yeah. Larry Quinn and um yeah, so I feel really bad for him and his friends.
1: Right, Larry Quinn is usually like he's just a couple steps behind Eric Starchild selling his own jewelry.
0: Exactly. that's oh, not he quite
3: as good as Eric Starchild. <laughs> yeah. so, I thought would
0: be so. busking with a kazoo or something
3: like that. No, no, <laughs> that was in the 90s. Oh, okay. Yeah. It was a different time. <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Yes, Larry Quinn has come out in support of Pagula Sports and Entertainment, getting a new deal for the stadium. Uh, Roger Goodell has also come out in support of a new stadium for the Buffalo Bills. Wow. It, I wonder if either of them have f- financial interest in this tough to say <laughs> tough to say that uh, all these power brokers who clearly have their hands on the lever of you know capital and money related to the nfl why they would want a new stadium?
1: and you know uh, again the buffalo naga partnership came out today and they were like great article today about the about larry quinn saying that 10 the, out of 10 <laughs> yeah just yeah. 13 out of 10 perfect <laughs> we go higher. That's <laughs> amazing. 5 out of 7. Yes. Yeah. Perfect score. Perfect. Perfect score. Well, speaking
2: of 13 Jim, you know, you know, we're, we're not going to make make light of the the individuals who were killed in Afghanistan. That's not the joke that we're going to make. That, you know, no. we'll leave that to a different podcast. But on our podcast, we are fans and also we we joke about hot dogs, all right? right? I, I will not leave a hot dog joke sitting on the table. I just won't do it.
0: I won't leave a hot dog sitting on the table. Oh, no, will cut your life short, though. They're worse than cigarettes, according to this one Twitter. I'm I, totally I, I, okay with it. I've never
3: smoked a cigarette in my life, but I will, I'll never give up. I heart. saw I saw that they like based off of like his eating
1: career. Joey Chestnut's gonna live like 12 years less than he would have lived like, if he had never had a he hot died dog. Joey
3: Chestnut died in 1575. <laughs> yeah. My my old editor was tweeted like, "Oh, I should have been dead, you know, <laughs> for 20 years by now." Yes,
2: but but in the in the wide world of hot dogs, so uh, a Twitter user, I think it was at Dirtbagqueer on Twitter, posted one of my favorites. Yeah, she's yeah. great, and she I, I don't know if it was a, her her firsthand image or if it was like tweeted from somebody else, but it was like a screenshot of <laughs> inside the stadium in the you know in the bleachers or whatever. It was it was um, thirteen hot dogs lined up. On a bleacher, in, in honor of an honor in honor of the fallen soldiers, and um, I don't even know what to say. That we just, I, I got
3: nothing. What do you I, What do you do? I, don't know. I saw it on Twitter, and I was like, "How am I supposed to react to this?" <laughs> like, I literally don't know. Like, I think I'm just supposed to like stand back in awe of it and say nothing. I don't know.
0: There were other instances of this, too. Other images, like there were 13 beers left out at yeah. a bar. and Yeah, at uh, First Line Brewery
1: First in, line. in Orchard Park. Okay. They left out, th- and they kept refilling them. Yeah. They kept refilling these 13 beers. And Who was drinking out of them? <laughs> no no, <laughs> yeah, no uh, one saw.
3: No, they just disappeared.
1: <laughs> no, I, I mean, look, here's my thing, is that for the last 20 years, Americans have been dying in Afghanistan and nobody's been leaving f- hot dogs sorry colin or beers out (laughs) for for people then for the last 20 years yeah but suddenly you know isis makes one bomb bombs the airport and kills 13 americans and now it's time to worry about the the soldiers and the americans in afghanistan
3: i don't know i have a different take i just kind of feel like it was a lot the the biggest one since what what was it twenty twelve or something right? And it was like I can't critique anybody for like trying to keep somebody's memory in there, even if they do it in a, with hot dogs.
2: But it, no, for sure. And again, like not to criticize you know a- anybody who like wants to have a memorial or a tribute. Like a life is a life, human life, regardless. But it, it is amazing to see when we sort of wave the bloody shirt on these things. You know, like the timing is just curious when it becomes a cultural movement because like Jim said, like we've been in Afghanistan for million years, you know, it's been most of my lifetime, most of our lifetimes, really, that we've been in Afghanistan. People have been dying. The crazy, I I forget which news organization it was, but it was something to the effect of like (laughs) mentions about Afghanistan in the news over the past 10 years were like nothing. And then once we withdrew, it was like tenfold. You know, so it's not something it's something where people, American soldiers have been dying in Afghanistan, but now there is an agenda attached to it. So now it becomes, you know, like a hot rod
1: issue. here. And, and, you know, you want if you want to pay tribute to Americans or fallen individuals dying, like it doesn't have to be Americans. Anybody who dies, it's a tragedy. I don't know that hot dogs (laughs) or pints or beer are like, like, is like, is that making like their family like, man, I know my son died. And I feel really bad about it. But somebody at Highmark Stadium left a hot
3: dog uneaten. Well, they didn't do it for that reason. They did it so that they could get likes on Instagram. Right. It yeah. was definitely for the likes. I'm waiting for
2: them to play play taps with the t-shirt cannons. Like the 21-gun salute. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like how, yeah, how kitschy could we make this?
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the 13 hot dogs, I, wherever you fall on the cultural spectrum, I refuse to let hot dogs sitting on a, a bleacher is so not I, be funny to I, me
1: I, <laughs> I, I didn't see this were the hot dogs unadorned or did they have like ketchup no and, they were wrapped well, they up. were wrapped up wrapped yeah. up oh wow so no one knows oh so on. yeah
2: so so yes that that's what's going on in in the wide world of sports so thank you colin for for bearing with it Hold on. i'm gonna show jim the hot dog picture though it's so ridiculous it's <laughs> <laughs>
1: it's so bad
2: it's so bad
1: you know seeing the hot dogs like it makes me think it would be like we talked about the bar stool guys last week it makes me think of like a bar stool thing that they would do Uh, and not not that somebody would do in earnest
3: (laughs) yeah it's like that level of douchiness
2: yeah uh yes so moving on to our union beat i guess yeah, you know, we're 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 working the beat. The Buffalo News isn't doing it, so yeah, right. we might we, we might as well do it. You know, there's a niche out there. No, they're they're probably squashing it
0: in any way they can.
2: Sure. So how about uh Starbucks? Starbucks workers in Buffalo. the first uh Starbucks union, I believe, or at least like I, I don't want to say first attempt at it, but I think their first like organized union
0: drive here is happening in Western New York. Yeah. It's amazing. I, think. I might think about getting one of those lattes this year—the pumpkin spicers. Sound, what do you think, guys? I mean, I should I be basic? I I, I had one yesterday. Actually. Oh, oh, yeah. I had a cold brew pumpkin spice cold brew. I hear they have an apple one that's like
3: even better than the pumpkin spice. Now I have absolutely no judgment about any of that. Yeah. Right, be a basic white girl you I, can. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I
0: was gonna anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and now you have validation yeah, for right, somebody yeah.
3: else. Um, well, like the coffee unions are cool. Like coffee unions are great. Like
1: Spot, yes, Starbucks, great. That makes me feel so much better because every every month when I go to therapy, I stop and get a Misto on my way to uh, therapy, mm-hmm. and
0: now I can feel even better about paying like my four dollars yeah. for my. Support your independent stuff. shops first. Support your union shops as well. Right. Don't go to Tim Hortons. No. Don't go to them.
2: No, it's, but it's that's independent bad. of their labor stance. Yeah. It right, just yeah. tastes
0: like sock water. Yeah. It's, it's really bad.
2: bad. It's bad. bad. Same with Duncan. I mean, who knows? Who knows how successful they'll be? Starbucks is a massive mega corporation who, surprise, is not going to be very happy with any kind of unionization effort.
0: Well, they say they, they treat their employees so well, they don't need a union. Why bother? Well, Oh, Boy. I buy that. Right?
1: Yeah, that's sure. I mean, who has ever said like, oh, actually, we treat our employees like crap and they really should unionize. Right. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, that's, I, I can't wait till Starbucks sends the Pinkertons in to take
3: care yeah, of their right, employees. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Like, well, I mean, when I was at the news, I was uh, vice president of our union for a long time. And it was really the dark ages, like when media organizations weren't unionized. Mm-hmm. And now they've all started to unionize and there's been this whole wave of organizing that's been happening. So it's, it's really like it bodes well. Um, I was sad that, um, Walmart, not Walmart, uh, Am- that one amazon warehouse i think mm. they tried to organize oh, yeah. that in birmingham and it failed miserably well it, it, we actually we talked about that or we actually
1: tweet uh, texted each other about this was that the nlrb found that there was enough irregularities there mm. that they're going to have the vote again
3: oh i didn't know that that's yep. really good news yeah. now yep. that the nlrb is like not stacked with trump people exactly. right yeah
1: yeah so, the nlrb was like no, this, there, there was, there's something fishy here. There's something was wrong right.
3: here. But if there's a place to start a union in all of Starbucks, Buffalo is a great place. Cause it's such a strong union town. Right. Yeah. So yeah, no, no idea
2: how successful they're going to be. Um, I will say like service industry workers in this country as a whole, it's, it's what a God awful time to
1: be in the service industry in general. Speaking of the service industry, oh, back to our Buffalo news coverage. Yeah. I don't know if you guys read the the news article about the like, service industry and, and restaurants leaving money on the table, but it was actually a relatively, and credit to the Buffalo News in this case, nuanced article. It was opposed to like just going and saying, the reason why restaurants aren't open is because everybody's on unemployment and they're too lazy. It was like, no, it's because of a bunch of different factors and restaurants might be better off closing occasionally and letting people have a decent life as opposed to just working them to the bone until they just can't do it anymore.
0: Sure.
3: Yeah. It's great to see that kind of nuance come into that particular conversation, not just from the news perspective, but like clearly it's more than, you know, these people are lazy because they're getting free money from mm-hmm. the government. Yeah. Like that's been proven not to be the case for right. the States who have already discontinued it.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, I mentioned that last week that there was a New York times, about that and there was a, a good editorial in the Globe and Mail this weekend uh, for our Canadian friends, our Canadian listeners um, by somebody who had worked in the restaurant industry for like the last 15 to 20 years and because of COVID were laid off, found themselves doing something different and they were like them and a lot of their friends were like, why would I go back to this industry that hated me?
3: Right. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you don't realize if you work for one, one thing you know, for a long time, well, anybody gets in a bubble. Mm-hmm. You you just have to have some experience outside of it to realize like there was better life out there for you, right? You know.
2: Well, and and if you worked in the service industry, and let's say you worked for a place like I don't know Soho, Jim. <laughs> if you worked for a place, your transitions are just stellar. If you worked for a place like thank you, Colin. If you worked for a place like Soho, and you uh, I don't know hypothetically had some kind of dress code that was maybe from. Could be from the 1950s. I, I can't imagine it has to be too rewarding to to work there.
1: Well, it's it's funny because uh, when the Soho dress code was making its rounds on social media, um, one of the things on there was no ripped jeans, and of course, then there was nothing but this flood of pictures of young, attractive white women in ripped jeans. Yeah, over and over again of pictures of them at Soho, and they're like, what do you... I don't, I don't think you're really handling your dress code correctly. Say
3: uh, you're being racist without saying being racist. Right, Jeez. right. Uh,
1: there's also said, as uh, it, part of the dress code, no public restrooms. Yeah. And I saw somebody yeah. was like, so if I wear a public restroom, I'm not allowed in. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it.
0: Keep,
2: no, keep the urinal cakes at home. Okay. I mean, you know, it's clearly a pretense to just have like a rule in place to kick out black people. Let's, let's be real, from their establishment um with having plausible deniability that they're not being racist.
3: Right, but is it even plausible? It's not, I mean, not plausible, not even remotely plausible.
1: Right. They also had as part of their dress code uh no jerseys, but they made exceptions for Sabres jerseys.
3: What? <laughs> oh. oh, so if you're like a white hockey fan, you can, right. come, but all other jerseys are out. That's would not like pass muster in a court of law, I don't think. <laughs> I remember back in the day they outlawed hoodies or whatever from Regal Cinemas and there was a big debate about that. That was like 15 years ago. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. So that's like been in the air along for a long time but like the explicitness of the TAPO one and then of this one is like it's astounding to me in 2021 that, that that anybody could put that out there. Right. I mean,
1: they might as well just say like our dress code is you must come from these zip codes.
3: Yeah. It's like why don't just redline it? Yeah. You know, just do that. It's wild.
1: And 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 it's like, it's one of those things too, where
2: you know you're going to get the backlash. You know, like they, these businesses have to be cognizant that you put something out there. I mean, unless they're not, I don't... No, I really, they
3: can't be.
1: I, I, I can't imagine that they would go, oh, you know what we should do? Get shit on by social media this week.
2: Well, no, but I just don't get it because, look, we live in 2021. It's not a new concept for a business or an organization to get completely roasted on social media for being openly racist sexist etc and yet the owners of these establishments are like yeah we're going to put out this
3: absurd dress code knowing full they've, well the internet exists They got rich people brain yeah it, that's, that's it. the thing about buffalo like i often try to convince people that this is what's different about buffalo that that doesn't define a lot of other cities is the insularity of the power elite here yeah. and how protected they are against reality and against any kind of modern thinking when it comes to race, economics, they go meet with each other at Oliver's or wherever these people go. And they are not challenged by anyone because they terrify everyone who works for them. And they do not watch any news that would inform them otherwise. They are in such a bubble. The Rocco Termini's, the publishers of the news, whoever they may be, the Buffalo Niagara Partnership. They are not paying attention to the way the world operates, and it's that's a very special thing about Buffalo—how insulated they are from reality.
0: Yeah, I was talking to someone once who was explaining to me they were at an event, and I won't name who it is, but it was a group of de- local developers. They were having a conversation. I can't remember how the conversation went, but it was like the, the most weirdest and out
3: there thing they had ever heard. It's just right. like completely out of touch. It's like, like they have no. Their yeah. mind would be blown. It's crazy. Yeah. yeah.
2: Yeah. No, it's it's wild to think because. Again, I, your typical person would think that, oh yeah, you put that out there, you're going to get destroyed on social media and you know, every outlet that you can that will just completely go to town on this ridiculously racist
1: policy that you're trying to put out for your business. Right. I, they don't see, it that, they don't they, see they, it that way. They just don't see it. They don't see it that way because they don't see it at all. The only dress code that they're familiar with is collared shirts and ties. And like if I were, if somebody was like, oh, we should have a dress code. And I would be like, oh, you mean like business casual? And they're like, no, I meant like no jerseys or camouflage. I'd be
3: like, what is wrong with you? (laughs) Yeah, because you're a normal person in touch with things that happen on planet Earth. But these are not normal people that we're dealing with.
0: No,
2: we're not not dealing with normal people. You know who else isn't dealing with normal people, Jim? (sighs) Is it? Our county executive, Yolo Polo, baby. You know they're coming after him. Polling cars uh, recently had a ardent admirer, maybe well, or
1: uh, was in the, in the ops- vein of
2: John Hinckley. <laughs> the
1: opposite admirer,
2: okay,
0: sure. Attractor.
2: Yeah, he had somebody coming after him, and it started out as a Twitter bot, so we thought, but not so much. Real guy, real person.
3: Real I think guy. in the Twitter, in the tweet, the person called him like Marky Mark or something like that. And that like r- raised my eyebrows because I was like, oh, I don't think a, tw- a bot is necessarily going to come up with that. So I-, I guess it turned out to be real.
1: Yeah, he had to get an order of protection against somebody
0: from Genesee County.
1: And if you see this now, guy, Was that the
0: same person with the tweet or was that an... I, I think it was a
1: different one. It was a different one. I think it was a different one. I think, one. I think, I think the tweet where he was concerned it's a bot where they think it's a real person now. Yeah, yeah. They haven't found that oh that one okay uh but this was somebody who was sending threats to like his facebook account and to his home this genesee county guy and if you see his mug shot you'll be like oh of course that guy hates mark polon cars
2: (laughs) best of luck out there polo we don't don't want to see any of that be be safe you know stay alive so we can make fun of you or we can praise you whatever if you do something good we'll we'll tell you you're good and if you do something bad We'll, we'll wave the naughty finger at you. We'll wave, Tip the cap, wa- <laughs> wag of the finger. And also, please come on the podcast. Oh, yeah. yeah. St- standing invite for Mark, really. Yeah. Come on. Get on the podcast. Mm-hmm. So, Colin, as we wind down here a
0: little bit, we cover yeah. the CWA thing.
2: Oh, yeah, real yeah, quick. About, I, I guess that I was in our little union bracket. We, we forgot to throw that in there. Yeah. The CWA, uh, they are currently having, right? Is the picket line still going on?
1: Uh, uh, th- occasionally, that they, they've been having them. Um, they've, they've been getting really good uh, press and turnout from electeds regarding them yeah. down at Mercy. And this is for safe staffing levels. This this isn't uh, healthcare workers protesting against masks. I think that protest is next week. Uh, <laughs>
0: no, <laughs> let, let, let's have safe staffing at hospitals. But this come is come this on. is That's
1: safe staffing levels ridiculous. and that they get treated right by Catholic health networks.
3: They're really smart. I will say, having been in CWA for many years, like about um, taking advantage of the right opportunity to organize right now incredible sympathy for healthcare workers. Yes, I think it's like yeah. a good time for them to make that stand. I don't know if yeah. they're negotiating a contract right now or what, but um, it's definitely a smart play yeah. at this moment in time.
2: Yeah, for sure. And also like, don't mess with the nurses, man. Like people
1: don't do it. People love right. nurses, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, uh,
2: there's a lot of people who've been
3: like, Oh, I hate that profession. No, right.
1: It's, we talked about this. We're like, you know, people might be, and people are anti-police. But nobody's anti firefighter. Not that I've ever met. I've mm-hmm. never met somebody who was like, nah, let it all burn.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> and and and, as, and you could even double that for nurses. Like people well, just yeah.
0: love nurses. Paramedics, nurses, all that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. they're pretty anti teacher though sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. Subs, but. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. that's
1: because like there's that's a separate tax line. That's true. If, yeah, if, yeah, yeah, yeah. if if firefighters were a separate tax line, there'd be anti firefighter no, people. That makes me feel better. Thank you.
2: no so colin i mean we would be remiss in not talking i know we we went into a little bit about the the media criticism um with regards to the political coverage for the buffalo news but we were actually talking before the show you know you being the longtime culture editor for the buffalo news and now it feels like um really it feels like we're sort of Bereft of any sort of cultural criticism, you can maybe make that argument for the wider, broader culture of criticism. But I would certainly say it's true for Western New York, and you know, for the Buffalo News especially. Um, what what's going on, man? Like, why? What what's up with the the lack of culture? We're uncultured, Colin.
3: <laughs> We're very cultured, and that's that's the heartbreak of it is because we have so much amazing culture happening in western new york whether it's like avant-garde art or mainstream theater or the albright knox building a new um, museum just incredible wealth of of activity going on here and just not there was never enough uh f- even when i was at the news to never enough time and energy to cover it all but now there's this big hole and especially for people who are looking for what's good because there's worthwhile stuff and there's stuff that's maybe for the more adventurous there's nobody to guide you and help you figure that out and that's unfortunate for consumers of culture like you you certainly got that with food you've got it with with sports obviously but culture always gets the short end of the stick um not just here but but everywhere because it's assumed that it's a sort of an extra pursuit like something you do for decoration Mm -hmm. but it's it's just as essential as any other activity you know there's ten thousand culture jobs and it's a whole economy around it uh but it's viewed as like not as important so um for for just a host of reasons so we're at a spot right now where we've got still got good cultural coverage from the news mark my former colleague mark summer writes a, a lot of culture stuff and they they sort of chopped up my old beat and people do cover the important stories and they do it well um so we're really lucky for that but we're missing out on having somebody who goes out there on nights and weekends and really hits the pavement, um, to see what's worth worth paying money for or worth spending your Sunday with your family with, you know, to go see a show at the Albright or at the Birchfield penny or something like that. And so it's sad, but I think that a new model will eventually arise and we'll see some of that coming back. I don't know how that's going to look, but I, I know there's an appetite for it in Western New York and, uh, I just couldn't wait around for it to materialize. Right. <laughs> I had to go switch careers and, and uh, I I'm sure I'll be involved in around the edges of what, the, whatever that new model is when it comes back up. Um, but you know, there's things brewing podcasts and ideas and um, especially this one. Yeah. Especially the square. Obviously, obviously why do I even need to say that, and that I, I don't think it's going to die. It's just like the perform- Everybody's always like, when will theater die? Like it's never gonna die, right? (laughs) And criticism won't either. It's just gonna take new shape and form, and we have to wait in this bright, painful period that we're in right now to see what that looks like.
1: It's it's funny or it's interesting to me that you mentioned earlier that obviously this outdated model that the Buffalo News seems to be following, and I would think that glomming onto like the culture and what people want to do would be a way of trying to come up with a new model yeah of doing it. because you know people will spend money on things they want to do
3: yeah they they want to do that they're interested in doing that kind of coverage but they don't view it as part of their journalistic mission they see it as like advertising as like a they can hire an intern to do it kind of uh pursuit and that interns don't do things well i don't know if you have ever yeah, one. yeah no <laughs> yes. um, I've, I've had multiple interns yeah and there's, yeah.
1: they're like you're like well Can we have the intern handle this?
3: No, they they just don't value it at all, and like so, of course, they're not covering it in a way that they would cover sports because they don't see it anywhere near the same level. And they're trying to, they do think it's important to cover because it's monetizable for them, Mm -hmm. Um, but they're trying and failing to to do it even that way. So it's um whatever. I try to like (laughs) emotionally, I get involved in it because it's like my whole life for so long. But at this point, I'm trying to focus on my. What am I teaching my tenth graders in October? <laughs> oh my God, my twelfth graders!
2: I mean. Yeah. I mean, I'll tread lightly a little bit here because we do have how should we, how should I phrase this? We have friends in organizations who have monetized promoting cultural events, so they have a they have a vested financial interest, and in large part, I think some of these places have popped up because we we are missing that from the, the bigger news organizations. Mm -hmm. So perhaps one could say step out. Buffalo has been able to thrive in that space of being a promoting organization um, minus any sort of criticism because it's not that, that that organization is not there to critique. It's there to promote. Um, But in doing so in, in like the Buffalo news, essentially saying that that's not a worthwhile thing to be, critiquing or to be evaluating that the the financial interest isn't there for it you know like a, exactly
3: that's the loan determining factor can i make can i use this as a cash cow somehow which is the the operating mode of like only in new york state or those sites that like list like <laughs> the top that like your aunt will share like oh splits. we made the list again yeah 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 and they have absolutely no, very little value or or thought has gone into producing them, yeah. unless you're ranking your friends. Yeah, and that, that's <laughs> right. that's a clear exception. Right, right, right. Um, and,
1: and and like uh, only in New York State can your friends make a Long Island iced tea with a uh, super soaker. <laughs> they
3: could never <laughs> do that in Louisiana. <laughs> right, right. well um, right. But yeah, it's a it's hard to to even think and talk about it, honestly, because I've avoided even like sort of going and seeing shows and stuff. Cause it was like, I did live and breathe it for a long time. It was exhausting, but you, you have to pay somebody well to do that job. Like, it sounds like a great, you know, it sounds like a cherry gig, which it was, but like to go see a lot of like amateur theater uh, on a Thursday, Friday, Saturday night in a row. I'm sure. You got to sit through a lot of stuff. You don't want, you want to get paid for that. Okay. And that's like an investment that, you know, forward thinking news organizations make, but you know, not ours. And, and a lot of, um, a lot of the ones around the country see it as sort of low hanging fruit. And that's just the way it goes. It, it's part and parcel. Of what I was talking before with the, the need for a nonprofit news organization, um, that's more supported along the lines of the NPR model mm-hmm. or the investigative post model with grant funding and philanthropy, um, but hopefully not that much philanthropy because then you get into the developers pulling the strings. Right. So people like Jim Heaney, like my, my more power to them for even trying this because it's so we're in this transitional phase trying to get out of for profit and get to nonprofit. But like, it's almost insurmountable the challenges involved to make that happen. Unfortunately to me, like
1: media is a service. Yeah. It's, uh, it's kind of like, you know, I hate when I read, oh, oh the postal, post office lost X million dollars this year.
3: Why does it have to make money?
1: If, right. It's a service. No, it, as, as I'm not the first person to point out to say, nobody says the def, Department of Defense, the Army lost $700 billion this year.
3: <laughs> right. It would be the least successful organization in human history <laughs> right. if we judged it All that right. way. So We just uh, have to kind of flip our the paradigm about it and right. see it as an essential service and... Then it then it becomes easy to solve.
2: For sure. And like just to I don't know, wrap a bow on this though, I I think we're seeing now the effect of deprioritizing that. You know, like we are so bereft of and and again, shout out to, you know, your your former colleagues at the news who are still out there and, and doing the you know, they're they're still doing some good work. I don't want to take that away from them. But at the same time, like we are bereft of a of a a news organization that like Provides the service the Buffalo News once did, and it's just like we are in this weird transition time. I hopefully, hopefully the transition is somewhere better. But we're in this weird time where it's like, it sucks, man. Like, the news is, are they good for reporting the news? Are they good for, you know, finding cultural recommendations? Like, it doesn't feel it doesn't feel as relevant. Doesn't feel essential. And that's what you lose. Like, chasing the profits. Like, it's not just a matter of like, yeah, you want to get paid, you want to get that money, but then you lose a major part of yourself and your identity.
3: Yeah. But I don't have the answer to that, that question either. And like, even for the people who run the news, it's like, yeah, of course you, if you don't chase the profits, then you're not going to have money to pay for any of the things that you want. So I, I don't know. I wouldn't want to be in the business people's shoes either, but I just know they're going out it the wrong way by catering to the wrong elite audience when they should be catering, you know, to the broader readership and trying to make inroads to new readerships, which they're not. Yeah, how'd that one magazine, Buffalo Gentry, work out? You remember that, that was one? great. The yeah. one issue of it that <laughs> came out was
0: fantastic. Uh, uh, I got to tell a quick story
1: about Buffalo Gentry. This, oh, here we <laughs> go. Jimmy's Jimmy story, Jimmy story time. time. <laughs> so I was working for go. Erie County at the time, yeah. and I tweeted out something about, like, will this issue have the proper place to get my red coats for fox hunting, or is that in the next issue? And... So I tweeted that out. Jeff picks it up and retweets it in the public. Yeah. Oh, wow. And posts it, like prints it out. Right. My tweet. I'm getting on the elevator at Erie County uh, at the Rath Building. And Stefan Mahilu, noted garbage monster. Yes. Says to me, Jim, I saw your tweet about Buffalo Spree. It was the funniest thing I've seen
3: all week. <laughs> That's amazing.
1: I get I get on the elevator with him. We get to the next floor. Somebody else gets on, and he says, "Hey, I saw your thing. You did. It's the funniest thing I've seen all week." And I I was like, "I'm still on the elevator. I haven't left yet. You can't you can't use the same line immediately, <laughs> and assume that like like you've already lost any like." cachet you had with me but he didn't by, have any right he didn't have any to begin with <laughs> but like he lost what like had i been like well, oh, i was flattered by stuff on my hilu if, if that mattered to me
3: is he like an animatronic <laughs> <focus>? <laughs> just repeats the same thing the same motions oh my god that's really fantastic oh the buffalo
2: gentry thing reminded me of uh did you guys see the buffalo influencers thing no oh, oh colin man oh dude so Real quick, so there was like um, this group that popped up on Instagram. They called themselves Buffalo Influencers. Oh, sure. And I guess they paid for one of those picnics... Where you don't actually get any food, I, listener. If you if you're aware
3: of this, like Sounds this like is something an influencer would do.
2: It's a it's a freaking ripoff because there's like some company that like fire will, festival will set up a <laughs> they'll set up a picnic for you in a public park. By the way, just keep that in mind. Yeah. They'll set up a picnic for you, not actually provide any food, but basically basically will provide you with like all the aesthetics of like you know an
1: Instagram influencer picnic. Um, I found a way for the Buffalo News to f- afford to be able
3: to print <laughs> stuff. <laughs> I think you should pitch it to them.
2: So the Buffalo influencers, they came out with like this Instagram account and it was like a really well-shot video of them out in some field, you know, in a picnic and it was like all these the Buffalo food slut, is that what she calls herself? Um you know, and like all these different influencers for lack of a better term, but they they were predominantly white. Like it was just a bunch of white women out in a field. You know, it, it could have. It was basically like Midsummer minus, you know, the, <laughs> the, the ritual murders. Or so. I mean, they I, might I wasn't have still there though. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I,
1: I wasn't there. Right, but I, I don't know what goes on in Akron Falls no, Park. No. Right, right. No
2: but, uh, but our friend Jen Page at Queen City Feminist like just tore into him and just like. <laughs> and roasted them and and took them to town and then then a few other people jumped on and then uh then buffalo influencers were no more they deleted the twitter account but but the record is still out there there's still like the the video is still out there there's still like a a ton of screenshots it's it's amazing so
3: as far as i can tell they just they flew too close to the sun that's wonderful i love a story with a happy ending like that
2: where you delete your account at the end yes oh. <laughs> may we all may we all know such happiness God. i would if love only, that if only oh well colin man thanks for joining us down in the old snake pit and uh we had a great discussion today about uh you know the media hot dogs and uh
0: zelnuts zelnuts yeah hot dogs give me energy to fight off my demons yeah you, you ever see that wonder shows and in- <laughs> anyway, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, none yeah. of us know what you're talking, but it's okay. Yeah. I'll put I'll put it in the post.
2: <laughs> Hot dogs give me energy, so I can fight off my demons. But but but, Colin, we always like to ask our guests like, do you have anything to promote? You want to get something out there?
3: I don't have anything to promote. I'm just buried and getting ready for the school year. I was um, just very happy to be invited on. Enjoyed it.
2: Well, you are always welcome on the show and we'll probably have you back because we had such a good time talking to you. Yeah, so it was great.
3: Thanks for joining us here.
2: Do you, do you have any social media you want to get out there, Colin? Or- oh, yeah,
3: uh, at Colin Debkowski on the Twitters, and that's it. Okay, yeah. I personally
2: like to keep my social media away from this. I don't want any of the crazies, the political junkies. No, you- but I did notice in your Twitter bio, you do have SquarePod. Well, yeah, that's for my friends. Okay. But for any of the degenerates who listen to the show, the, the, the political junkies, and, uh-huh. and I don't want them to find me. Right, you sick freaks, but <laughs> but you can follow you can follow our podcast account at squarepod buff on Twitter. We are on Instagram we're just square podcast on instagram right
0: uh square podcast right right on instagram
2: um I guess Facebook, if you're a boomer, you can yeah, like us, we yeah, don't do anything on there. there I don't know yeah. I mean I guess we do some stuff, but
0: we we joke had a sponsored post, <gasps> and we just got like hate comments from people and like. North, North Dakota. Dakota. Yeah. yeah, That's how you know you've made it, <laughs> right? I re- I regret giving Facebook any money between Jim and I, but it, I think it was worth it. I'm
1: gonna I'm gonna sponsor our posts again, but like yeah. in like Dublin. Yeah, right. Yeah, oh, like man. centered around like like random cities uh-huh. in other continents. Yeah. yeah, and see if we catch on.
0: Let's take yeah. Latvia. I just want Bel- to toss it yeah, out there. Yeah, we well, got- Belgium. We have a listener in Belgium that we don't know who it is. Right? It's, they're it's, either a VPN or they're really in Belgium listening to a us. A repeat listener. Yeah. Every yeah. week, there's a list, One listen from Belgium. We love this. Yeah. Love Shout it. Yeah. 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 Shout
2: out to Belgium. Sponsor, right. I love the,
0: post there. I, I love their waffles. Oh yes. I love their fries. Yeah. Oh yeah. I'm hungry, guys. <laughs> <Damn>.
2: <laughs> All right, uh,
0: Ryan, can we find you anywhere on social media? Yeah, I'm at The uh, Real Ryan Steele on Twitter. Okay, Jim?
1: Yeah, I'm at uh, James Tamil on Twitter or Battle Jim the Republic on Instagram. Awesome. All right, guys, that's a wrap. Let's uh, it's clean food or something. I know.